My name is Georgios Tsetis. I am the co-founder and CEO of Mutual. And what I love about beauty is how much the category has grown and shifted in the last decades towards consumer interest and understanding of the importance of beauty from within, the whole body approach, and the true appreciation for science. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. On today's episode of Beauty Is Your Business, Denise and I are buzzing about brand evolution and how paramount it is to building a deeper, stronger business. I'm Jessica Quick, your co-host, joined alongside with Denise. Hey, Denise. How are you today? I am good. I get really excited. I feel like we know this roadmap so well from a brand perspective. You know, a brand comes on the market, they identified a problem, they created incredible products to solve for it, of course, and then they watch as consumers genuinely embrace it wholeheartedly. But of course, I'm looking at you, Denise, because this is your favorite part to come in is they've got great momentum, but then what? What happens after you've already started making these great sales? How do you keep that going? In this landscape today, I mean, there's so many levers to pull, right? There's so many different ways that brands can continue to not only evolve, but to keep the momentum. Yeah, momentum is one of my favorite words because momentum can happen in either direction, either up or down. And that trajectory matters. And then what is the catalyst to change? So if you're in a downward momentum, what's the catalyst to change? And when you're in the upward momentum, what do you do to keep that going up? So I think today's conversation is going to be amazing. I absolutely agree. And I think having Georgios join us is absolutely fantastic because as the co-founder and CEO of Nutrafol, this is a brand who actually hasn't been on the market that long and has created such a splash, but is continuing to evolve and continuing to find ways to keep that momentum in a positive way. Welcome, Georgios, to the show. Thank you. I know we can find you all over the place, and there's been a lot of really great information out about Nutrafol. I want to really just jump into the quick of it. What are some of the strategies that you are doing at Nutrafol in the hair and wellness space to really create the customer connections, to create this continued positive momentum that we're seeing with the brand? I think it's all about truly connecting with the customer and solving a problem that they're facing. That's how we started the company and that's what we continue to do. We are focusing on hair health, hair thinning, and as we know, hair is an emotional journey. We want to do everything in our power to support people throughout their experience. So we continue to do that. And as long as you keep in mind that you're not just building a business, you, you are in service of others, you are creating products you providing services to add value to people's lives, as long as you keep that always as a North Star and make decisions through that lens, the chances for you to continue to win are just much, much greater. That's where everything began and that's what we continue to do. Let's go back to those early learnings from the very beginning. Did you start with this mission and then build the company around this mission? 
or did the mission sort of evolve as the product was being developed? How did that sort of come about? Yeah, absolutely. The purpose in the call was actually never to start this business. I know that sounds a little funny, but it's the honest answer. I suffered myself from thinning hair in my early 20s. I was working as a model and I started to experiencing hair thinning due to genetics and life stresses. I tried everything in the market from prescription drugs to other topical solutions, but unfortunately, some of these solutions led to very, very negative side effects, which was obviously an issue for me. So in pursuit of trying to find a healthy and a safe solution, I met my neutral co-founders and we decided to make it our mission to find a solution that, that is truly effective and very healthy at the same time. So that's how the company was really formed. So we're deeply, deeply passionate and actually obsessed to find out a solution that is actually working and can be very, very different from an innovation research and innovation standpoint to make sure that we tackle a category in a very, very different way. I'd love to dive into a little bit on the, you had multiple co-founders when you started the company. How did you actually do that successfully? I mean, and by successfully, I mean the fact that you obviously got the brand going and it's doing very well now. So a lot of the feedback we get from our audience is that they are thinking about bringing on a partner, thinking about starting with a co-founder, not starting with a co-founder. How did you navigate those early days and how did you ultimately decide who was going to do what or how did you play into those skill sets to make sure that you were setting the company up for success? Yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> finding co-founders or starting a business with people. It is, it is like a marriage. You have to cherish and treasure that throughout the entire journey. That's really, really important to always keep that in mind. So it is definitely a very important decision to make because it could be a make or break. And we were actually friends. So there was already a very nice, deep-rooted foundation of trust. And we simply enjoyed being with each other. And I think that truly, truly helps, right? So through my hair struggles and trying to find a solution, that's where I met my co-founders. So as, as we know, hair thinning is, is a deeply personal experience. And each of us actually brought our own perspectives as well as unique skills, right? So I have an engineering background. I just absolutely love problem solving and I just don't give up. And my engineering background helps me structure solutions to larger problems. My um, other business partner, Roland, he just had such a great, great passion for science. And he has this beautiful mind that allows him to look at problems very differently and using his biohacking expertise to approach things very differently. And then of course, Sophia, she had a medical background and that was also incredibly helpful. So together we created that natural multifactorial approach to hair health, to really revolutionize the hair health category. So it's very, very important, I believe, that you have different skills because too many cooks in one kitchen is not necessarily a good thing. It really does have to be collaborative, right? 100%. It is a collaborative journey. It's like you, <laughs> you can't do this by yourself. And of course, as the team grows, things evolve. But really making sure that you respect one another and Again, to cherish these relationships and making sure that everyone feels good and everyone is also coming and approaching it the right way is incredibly important, right? Because you're embarking basically a business journey together 
And you have to align on the why. What's the real motivation at the end of the day is, is really important because you have to be ultimately driven by a higher purpose or, or passion because motivation could be, of course, money, could be ego and money to just improve your financial situation or to grow in life. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if people start businesses with that approach and with that in mind, it just drives very different decision-making throughout. Sometimes that can also very quickly lead to turbulence. And most importantly, the journey overall is just way too hard. So especially when you're trying to build something really, really impactful. So if the purpose and the why is not very clear and there's no alignment, it just completely diminishes the chances to really drive a tremendous impact with a business. And at the same time, of course, having a lot of fun doing so. I think the fun factor is such another motivating piece too. I agree wholeheartedly with what you said, because obviously you're going to go through tough times. You're going to go through highs and you have to be in a respectful relationship and truly treasure each other, but also be able to laugh, be able to get over it and keep moving. So I think, I think it's a really, those are really important intangible qualities we don't talk about a lot as leaders and executives. So I really appreciate you bringing those up. When you came to the market with Nutrafol and you thought about the why and the problems that you were setting out to solve, that is the core of it. But do you find that there are additional whys? Do you find that as you go, that more kind of pile on, or are you really good at keeping to just that one? How do you navigate that? Yeah, I think that's a great question because it is an evolution. I do believe so. I remember the early days when we just gathered in a room and we watched the video from Simon Sinek and the why, the TED talk, and we sat in a room and we just started to write a bunch of whys on a whiteboard. And I still have that picture actually. And, and now I can look back and compare. The why was so incredibly driven by this personal desire to solve a problem that we experienced ourselves, right? So it was very personal, which there's a tremendous amount of power that now if as you evolve as a company, it could obviously not just be about you. So that has evolved in such a beautiful way. One of the things that we now trying to incorporate in the why and into the higher purpose is destigmatizing the conversation, the hair struggle conversation, especially for women. We've got this new um, campaign that has launched called Shed the Silence. And it's quite beautiful because it's absolutely not about selling any product, but it's about bringing women together to allow for this conversation. So this education that's taking place and just simply community to voice themselves. And we're there just to facilitate a conversation and bringing amazing people together to make the conversation a little lighter and not too dark. And at the same time, also just providing with the necessary resources if necessary. So that's just a great example of, of us stepping out of our comfort zone because yeah, everyone can say that they're trying to destigmatize the conversation, but we actually took action which was obviously quite a, there was a lot of uncertainty around that because there was a big campaign that launched simply driving the actual call to action was to form a community and to join a Facebook group, which obviously is not going to result into any monetary value. So that was quite disruptive in the beginning. And a lot of people told us uh, that, that would not be a great idea because there would not be any return. We did so, and, and we see all these great 
conversations uh, being manifested within that group. And right now, we don't necessarily measure the actual impact from a monetary value, but what we do so is just the overall sentiment around just brand love and the value that is being created within these groups is, is absolutely extraordinary. And the thank you notes and the women that are voicing themselves around about that experience and how it has helped them really change their life around in, in a great way. So that's just a great example of us stepping out of our comfort zone, not just saying something, but actually doing something about it that contributes to just brand building and adding value to people. I like this idea of purpose over product, meaning you're really focused on the purpose and the product will come afterwards because that's part of solving the purpose problem. So I think that's really a great way of looking at a situation like yours. I will tell you that I sat around a dinner table with a lot of top executives in the beauty industry, and we were all talking about brands that were emerging, that were really shaking things up. And your brand came to the top of the table. And what was interesting in talking about that is one of the ladies that was there was saying, you know, oh, I've loved this brand. It's amazing. And then she started moving her hair around. And she said, I've actually been using it. And not only do I love the company, because everybody was admiring the company, she was referring to the fact that she also had a hair benefit from it as well. So I think your mission and what you're doing really does matter. That's what keeps us going. And I truly appreciate you saying this. These people's stories and successes is what drives us forward. And we're really trying to celebrate that. Like every Tuesday, actually, we have a company meeting with the whole company in a digital form. And we share these type of stories because it's, it's emotional, it's incredibly motivating and inspirational. And it actually helps you go through uh, difficult times because yeah, building a company at this scale comes obviously with, uh, with a tremendous amount of obstacles and, and hard times. So appreciate you sharing that. It really does connect. And I love the idea of a Tuesday morning with, you know, all hands and sharing the bigger parts that matter. And maybe it's one of the things that came out of the last couple of years of everything that we all went through. And it really does provide meaning. And so I think that's interesting. We had a guest on a few weeks ago from Mad Rabbit, and he makes product for tattooed skin. And he talked about the community of people that enjoy tattoos, get tattoos, and the community that he was building. I find some parallels here because what it really comes down to is providing a platform and an opportunity for people to connect with others that are like them, no matter where they sit. You can be in in the Hamptons, you can be in California, it doesn't matter. You find people that are like you and either maybe are solving something or maybe just have a like passion. And the brand value becomes more than just the product. I think that's interesting. And Georgios, I know you said earlier there was, you believed an ethos of a brand is going to last if it has a higher purpose. And I think that this is where it connects because you ultimately have people that find a way to go beyond, you know, the product is wonderful. It does what it needs to do, but it's about the bigger community and being a part of it. How does a brand today that's starting out, that's maybe looking, do they focus on getting some revenue in so that they have some runway to build their community? Do they focus on building their community in order to have a base that will really resonate with the product? If you were to do it all over again today, would you start community first or would you start product first? You need to focus first on 
truly solving a problem and how you're planning to solve that problem. The world doesn't need more marketing products. You want to focus on, is there a problem that is causing human suffering? And can you somehow, because of your knowledge or the connections or the research or the innovation, can you provide a value? So that's where I would start. Now, you also want to make sure that you're deeply, deeply passionate about that. And as I mentioned before, in an ideal world, you're obsessed by it. When you combine these two pieces, there needs to be a solution. There needs to be a product or a service that is going to help people, right? So that has to be there. Um, now, I know of companies that are starting with community first. I still think that the foundation has to be a solution. Sometimes the community can be the solution. But for us, we can have a community, but without a product that is solving the actual issue, that doesn't necessarily become sustainable. So we let my product. Frankly, it's what also gave me, from a personal perspective, the courage to give up my engineering career and pursue this dream. I needed a product to solve my own issue. I needed a product that I was able to trust. So using that as a departure point has been definitely the key of our success. So I think for some companies, maybe a little different, but I still want to make sure to emphasize that problems need to be solved. The world is full of problems. And when people start companies, especially in the beauty space, it's really important. I believe that it's problem-led. And then, of course, combining that with passion and obsession around focus and absolutely not giving up to make sure that becomes sustainable and scalable. And at some point you have to acquire customers, right? So you've got your purpose and now you have your product and then you've got to go to market. So you went to market and you're obviously very successful. In your opinion, what are two to three pieces of advice on your customer acquisition and your go-to-market plan Assuming you've got your product and your purpose and you know what problem you're solving for, what are some pieces of advice there on customer acquisition, go to market? That's a great question. So yeah, go to market needs to, especially if you're focusing on a problem, you need to focus on credibility and trust. Any strategy around that becomes a necessity. For us, it was very important to build trust in the medical community. So that's where we started. We had, um, I remember we had a, we didn't have a clinical trial yet on the full formulation, but we knew that the ingredients that we used were targeting some of these newly identified root causes that we believe played a role with the disruption of the hair growth cycle and led to thinning hair. So we had some ingredient research, but we also had a, an, an hypothesis, and that, that ultimately became like a 40-page white paper that we used to go to the doctors and educate and convince them that this was a new approach that potentially could work. So we invested so much time and we were just relentless with that message and that approach because we wanted to gain that credibility and that trust. Whatever problem you're solving, I think that becomes absolutely core. What's the reason for consumers or people to believe you and why should they even care? These are questions I think you have to ask yourself. Put yourself always in the shoes of a consumer. And we do that still across the board in meetings where we can't find any solutions or we're a little stuck or we feel like we're too much in the weeds. It's like what we do, we try to step out 
and we remind ourselves, okay, just put yourself in the consumer's shoes. What would you want to see or experience? And using that as a, as a North Star, it's, it's actually incredibly, incredibly powerful. It's not just, it doesn't just create efficiencies, but it also truly allows you to make the right decisions in difficult, very, very difficult moments. Um, so I think these are all important aspects to keep in mind while pushing through some of the overall difficulties that you naturally will experience when you build a business. So in addition to that, when you go to market and you believe that you have a service or a product that can be of value, making sure that there's a balance between the cost of acquiring a customer and the long-term value of the customer, that that's a balance that is in sync. Because if, if that ratio is actually off and the customer acquisition cost is way higher than your long-term value, and you don't see an opportunity or a potential to increase the long-term value, that becomes not really sustainable. Of course, gross margins is playing a role there as well. But when it comes to establishing customer acquisition, doing that in the early days to at least have a baseline so you can look at the whole business and see how sustainable it is, is something very important and that you can test in the beginning phases. So jumping over into some of those challenges that you felt and faced as a company in those early days, give us a couple of examples of ways in which you were able to overcome them, things that you were able to conquer that almost seemed insurmountable. I've got so many stories where we, uh, where we were on the verge of, of not surviving. I think it does start with the mindset. One of the first things that I remember was about eight years ago. We put all our funds and all our money into manufacturing the first batch of supplements. So we basically went all in because we wanted to make sure that the formulation was brought to life and we would be able to taste and feel and experience the product. And we had enough funds and enough money to produce, I believe, about 3,000 pieces. And the batch came back and it tasted just so not good, borderline. It had this toxic taste, the actual capsule itself. We had put all our money in, into this uh, manufacturing batch. For me, even though there was nothing dangerous about it, it just we were just super unlucky about this specific vegetable capsule that we use that for whatever reason was a little off, not dangerous, but a little off, but it was almost unbearable to take the, the supplements on a daily basis. The experience was definitely not great. So we overcame that by <laughs> decapsulating. I, I didn't even know that that was possible, but decapsulating, basically crushing all the supplements and the capsules and trying to basically save the raw material and recapsulating with the right material. Uh, so that was a whole journey by itself. But that was, that was the only option because we just simply didn't have any funds to manufacture product. But that for me was such a great moment because the unexpected truly happened. Like nobody was expecting that we would have this batch that did not taste that good. From that moment on, I, I learned and I embraced that you have to be ready for the unexpected and you have to just train your mind that all these, all these difficulties and all these unexpected issues and problems will absolutely arise. It's all about how you deal with them. So turning that into victimizing yourself on why you're experiencing these problems and why this went wrong, you have to just assume that everything is going to go wrong and the unexpected is going to happen. 
you just have to really focus on solving these problems and just simply keep going. And I truly believe that is a mindset, which I previously mentioned, is that not giving up mindset. I know that sounds a little bit like a cliche, but there needs to be a true, true, true determination to what your purpose and your goals are, because you will give up during these difficult moments. You know that they're going to come. And as long as you're experiencing them as growth journeys, and as long as you look at these problems as, okay, they're happening for a reason, and it's actually going to allow us to grow faster, better, and greater. That is, um, I think, an absolute key to success. Even reflecting back, there's a lot of things that went wrong, but we always stood together and we're always super positive. And we always had the mindset of, we deal with it. We're going to become stronger than ever before. I would believe in the purpose. We're all in this together. Let's keep going and we'll figure it all out. And then problems actually become quite celebrational, which I know that's a bit of a leap, but if you're able to see things that way, I think it's incredibly, incredibly powerful. Somebody said the other day, and I'm stealing this phrase, the longer you admire a problem, you're taking time away from solving the problem and focusing on how you're going to solve it. And people in general have a tendency to focus on the problem and admire the problem and keep looking at it and asking themselves, how did I get here? Why did this happen? But if you can pivot from acknowledging it and not admiring it, it does make a difference. And I think kind of that's what you're saying is as an entrepreneur, you're going to experience these problems, but don't focus on the problem too long. Move right on to what the solution is. Yeah, that's beautifully said. And if I can add to that, it's like what you at the same time doing, you, you're training your own mind and you personally grow. And that's incredibly important. Otherwise, the business at some point, the business grows enough, it's going to outgrow you. How do you learn to deal on a personal level with these type of stresses? And that requires obviously a lot of work. I've had a lot of personal coaches, <laughs> had a lot of breakdowns. How do you deal with that? And how do you overcome these issues? And how do you make sure that you remain positive throughout all of that? You have to personally grow. Otherwise, it's going to be too painful, unfortunately. Well, I'm definitely going to take away the line that you just said. It's not going to be if that problem happens, it's when. And I think that is really powerful. Like It's going to happen. Something is going to go wrong. So know that already. The mindset is you're already accepting of it. And then you find the solution. Georgios, this has been such a great conversation. I know you're not a life coach, but if people want to reach out to you, chat with you, what's one way that they can get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm available to, to anyone. Uh, and the best way is, uh, is through the company, our typical social handles at Nutrafol, N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. That's the company. This has been a great journey. I feel incredibly grateful for everything that we've done, but also continue to do. Um, so I'm always happy to provide insights and value wherever possible. Well, continued congratulations on all of your success. You've achieved a lot. I know you've got some big plans in the future. So we're excited to see where the company goes, where the brand goes, and how your purpose evolves. So thank you for joining us today. There is a lot of information out there. You've been on several podcasts and interviews. So the great news is there's a lot of information out there that people can tap into. 
We're thrilled to have you on our show today and have a little bit different point of view and what we focused on. So thank you. We loved talking with you. And if you want to keep buzzing with us, head on over to buzzbeauty.com. This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.